Hello and welcome to the How The Fuck podcast. This week's guest is Lindsay Chepkimer, an experienced marketing leader and the founder of Casted. Lindsay was VP of content at Omasis when she first saw the opportunity that podcasting presented in the B2B space. A podcast can be the fuel behind a powerful and focused content engine. Just think about it. Just one podcast recording with one of your prospective clients can be turned into so many pieces of content. A transcript, multiple blog posts, an ebook, a white paper, five audiograms on post on LinkedIn, audiograms to give to your sales teams they can send to prospects. It is literally rocket fuel for a content engine. And for those of you who are still teetering on the edge of starting one yourself, this podcast is a great place to get you started. We cover everything you need to create a great podcast that cuts through the noise, resonates with your target audience and tackles challenges that set you as an authority in the industry. Enjoy. Hey, Lindsay, welcome to the How The Fuck podcast. It's great to have you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So I thought a good place to start was I was actually listening to another podcast recently with you on it. And I know you're asked a similar question, so you must get this a lot. But (laughs) what's your kind of background in podcasting to date? Like, what have you done? And how are you at this point now having founded Casted? Sure. So my background's in marketing. I've, I've spent 15 years in marketing, both on the agency side and on the, the brand or you know, the company side. Most of it spent kind of on the, the brand, content, customer experience, creative side of things. And most recently, right before Casted, I, I ran all of the content and brand for a global MarTech enterprise SaaS company. And while I was there, you know, we, we built this strong content marketing engine the way that one does when you're, when you're running content and we had a strong blog going, we had, we had all kinds of, of great, great things going, but literally we were this 20 year old company that I felt was missing a voice. And I was a big fan of podcasts. And I said, you know, it's time we need to do this thing. So I pushed to launch a podcast. I had the pleasure of, of not only seeing how it came together and kind of being behind the scenes and answering all those questions of where in the world do I even start and how does this thing work? And then also being the host. So I, I ran into all that firsthand and I was I was shocked, honestly, at the software that did not exist at that time for me and for my team. As a marketing leader that had a team that was trying to leverage this podcast as part of our overall content marketing strategy, there just wasn't, wasn't really anything made for us. It was all these one-off tools and point solutions that were made, you know, for someone else, you know, for influencers or authors or somebody who was trying to monetize their, their podcast and use it really for different reasons. There wasn't something for me that I would expect to have that, that allowed us to use it as part of our content marketing strategy. So we created it. I, I left that role ultimately and started Casted to serve marketers, marketing leaders, marketing teams on behalf of brands, mostly B2B, but quite often B2C as well, to leverage podcasting and these conversations like the one that you and I are going to have as part of their content marketing strategy to, to reach their audiences and to turn them into raving fans. Right. Cool. So as a content marketing leader at that company, was that a hard sell to get a new podcast up and running? Yeah. So this was, let's see, the, the planning started in 2017. We launched it in 2018. And depending on who you ask, right? So I, I had my budget. And so ultimately it was my decision to to do it. But yeah, there were some like, really? Podcast? Why? Why now? How are you going to do that? That seems like a lot of time. Like, there, you know, all the questions that I'm sure that you or people that you've talked to who have podcasts that we face. But then there were the others that were like, yes. Oh my goodness. This is amazing. We're going to get our customers on there or we're going to get, you know, so-and-so and this person and this partner on there. And I was like, yeah, okay. So you're, you're my advocate here. We're going to, we're going to run with this. And, and it worked out well. Yeah, I bet. I don't know if it's just because I'm on this side of things, but for me, it's like a complete no brainer for the amount of relationships you build 
um, you know, to get, like, as you said, getting potential customers on, talking to them in a completely non-sales environment, you rarely get that time with a potential customer, which is kind of crazy if you think about it. So what is it? I mean, I, I use Anchor and it distributes it over, you know, multiple channels along the internet. What is it that makes Casted different and more suited to the B2B environment? Yeah. So there, there are lots of solutions. I mean, there's definitely no lack of, of tools and, and products out there in and around podcasting, but what makes Casted different is that one, we are made for marketers on B, that are working on behalf of a brand, right? So whether that's B2B or B2C, an organization of some sort running their content strategy and saying, hey, let's do a podcast as part of it. So that's, that's who we're made for. And because that's who we're for, that's how the product works. So we are designed to empower those marketers and the teams and the other departments that they work with and the agencies that they work with to be able to work together to access this content. So you and I right now are creating an audio file, really, ultimately. And with a lot of the other platforms that are out there or the lack of platforms that are out there, there's, it's, it's difficult for those marketing teams and the other teams that they work with, the agencies that they work with to all access that content and use it across other formats. So we, we provide that. And then we make it for all of those people and all those various departments and the channels that they oversee to really amplify that content and, and the voice of that expert that's within that content to be leveraged across other channels. So we make it easy for those teams to use this, say, on a blog and an email content and to use it on social media to really tie it all together, again, as a comprehensive content marketing strategy. And then attribution. We do provide metrics that go beyond what we're all used to. We have settled for, which is number of downloads, right? Like, what does that even mean? So we, we provide more and more data and we're improving our metrics all the time to really tell the story of engagement. You know, who is engaging? How are they engaging? How can I attribute this to the impact it's making on the brand and, and the business's bottom line? So we, we go beyond simply saying, okay, here's a tool that's going to help make it even possible to produce a podcast to instead say, how can you harness a conversation as the center of your content marketing strategy and then understand the impact that, that conversation is making? It sounds so useful, Lindsay. Uh, before we dive into that kind of thing and the metrics of your platform, I'd love to create some kind of how-to guide for those wanting to set up a B2B podcast themselves. Where should we start and what are the elements that are going to make this a success? Yeah. So before you even get into, I mean, this is, this is the CEO of a tech company saying this. So listen, it's true. Before you even get to the tech, before you even get to the solution that you're going to purchase, ask yourself, who am I doing this for and why am I doing it? Right. So who is this show even for? Who's the podcast for? Who are, who, what is my audience? Before I go have a conversation, before I start scheduling guests, who is this for? Who does it serve? And then second, why am I doing it? You know, is what's the, what's the point? What am I hoping to get out of it? And, and then that starts to point to what are you going to measure? Right. Because again, number of downloads doesn't mean a whole lot anyway, but especially if you don't even know why you're measuring the show and, and what you're we're hoping to get out of it. So once you have an answer to those two questions, who am I doing this for? Why am I doing it? Then then you can start to strategically, like you do with any other content strategy, start to plan out, you know, what that looks like and what you're going to talk about and how often you're going to publish and what kind of format. And then, you know, and then that's where I believe a platform like ours really comes in handy because then you can start to say, okay, what's the infrastructure that's going to support all of this and help my team, no matter how small or large it may be, bring it to life. Okay. So start with why and for who. I mean, for most people, is that generally the audience is prospects and the why about brand awareness? Yeah, yeah, some some way, shape, or form. And the more the the more you can go deeper. Just keep asking yourself, yeah, 
Yeah, but what else? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but what else? Or how much more refined can I get that? So prospects, that's huge. You know, typically a a brand, uh, a business, you know, B2B even has several buyers. And that's where you have to kind of choose one, choose your your persona that's going to be most likely to, to be impacted positively by a show like this who who do you have the most opportunity to impact with with conversations that you could have and then like i said the more narrow you can get the more the more relevant the content that you produce will will be or has the opportunity to be and then as far as why why am i doing it yeah it's it's brand awareness but then what else so how you, how in a in a perfect world how would you measure that what does that look like what are you hoping to achieve and then you can start to build some goals out from there yeah and it's also one of those things that brand awareness is obviously quite hard to measure and it takes time to see the results. Exactly. And it's also brand awareness for what, right? Brand, okay, so people are aware of your brand and then what, right? So I think it's, it's just, a, it's a good exercise to say, you know, what, what do I hope to get out of this at the end of the day? Where do I hope this fits into the bigger picture? So when you're setting the strategy for a new podcast, how do I stop myself sort of limiting the potential of the podcast? Say if we want to focus in on a specific persona, but maybe over time that's going to change. Do I do... Uh, one podcast say focus on the fashion industry and then we start a completely new one where we want to go after the travel industry for example how would you approach that yeah okay so kind of two parts kind of part one and and part two it looks like this focus on one audience right and the more narrow you can get the better because you know we all know as marketers it's better to have 100 or 10 even of the the very very best most ideal listeners than it is to have a thousand of just the wrong people that are never going to convert to anything right at least it is most of the time again ask why you're doing it but find yourself your narrow audience and make them a really, really great show. I like to advocate for doing series or seasons. So mm-hmm. that number can be four shows. It can be 10 shows, whatever it is. Do do a spurt so that you have a clear breaking point that you can pause, you can rest, you can evaluate and say, okay, where do we go from here? And then you have an opportunity to change up the format, maybe change up the host, change up the topic. But the one thing that you should keep the same is who it's for, because you have those, you have those people who have subscribed or they've joined in or they've, they keep coming back. And if you change it up on them and they say, this is no longer for me, then you have to rebuild your audience over and over again. Now, if you have, so so go with one audience and, and work in seasons to give yourself the opportunity to change things up and find different ways to serve that audience. Part two to the two-part answer to the question is if you do have multiple audiences, consider doing multiple shows, right? So start with one, don't start with 10. Start with one, nail down your process, you know, get your get your technology in play, get your people in play, understand what kind of roles you need and, and what you need to make the show happen. And then consider launching a second and third and fourth show. And there's, there's lots of companies that are doing that really well that are really building podcast networks like Drift. Drift is a great example. I think they have five or six shows now. They're one of our customers and, and they're, they're amazing. They're serving different audiences with different shows with content that's really relevant for each audience. That would be the dream if you had the resources just to get almost every person on your team running their own show with their own audience and just creating like a huge amount of brand awareness focused on one thing each. What advice do you have for us about who the host should be? Should it always be the marketing person? Would you recommend keeping the host the same throughout a season or can we have multiple hosts? That's a really good question. I think regardless of whether or not you have multiple hosts, you don't necessarily go with the most obvious choice, right? So the CMO or the CEO is not necessarily the best host 
right? If you're doing it, let's say you're, you know, a SaaS company and your audience is developers, right? Then having the CMO as the host may not be the best fit for an audience of developers all you know, just for example, why not have your, have a your head of product or one of your engineers speak the language of developers to get, get guests on and be able to get really, really deep and really nerd out about the conversation that that audience is going to want to hear. So really, again, think about who it's for. This is why the who it's for and why are you doing it is so important because it helps answer these subsequent questions that come up like the one you just asked. So who's going to be the best host to speak to the audience that we're trying to reach? that we're designing the show for. So that's always, 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 it's, it's not necessarily the person who's most obvious. It's the person who is best suited to serve the audience that you are designing the show for. And second, as far as the question you asked about one host, multiple hosts, do you go back and forth? I think there's lots of cool ways that you can do that. I mean, obviously what's most standard is it's one host always and forever you know, the, the audience knows who to expect, but I've seen, um, I've seen some really cool uh, and interesting creative shows happen where they, there's two hosts or a couple of hosts and sometimes they team up and they do the shows together. And then sometimes you hear one and sometimes you hear another. Um, you can also change it up between seasons. So like season one has this person and season two has this person. There's lots of different ways you can do it. I think one of the, the most interesting ways is to have a couple of hosts all the time. Um, Women at Work, uh, Harvard Business Review, Women at Work has done that where they have like, I think they actually have three hosts that come together and do a show and they kind of individually will go off and do their interviews and then they come back and talk about it. That's a really fun show to listen to. And it's, I mean, they're obviously, they're not B2B. If there's three hosts and sometimes two of them or one of them will go talk to someone and do an interview and then they'll all listen to it and they'll come back and discuss it. It's, it's a really cool format. That's, that's an interesting one to look at. I'd love to see more, more brands, more B2B. That's actually a great idea. I think it would work as like an intro to the podcast as well. Um, one thing that I think I've struggled with and I know my team is really keen on is like about making something stand out. Do you have any tips for making a podcast stand out? For example, in the customer experience space, every podcast is called the customer experience podcast <laughs> and same in marketing, like the SaaS marketing show or, or whatever. But, but there is some, I think I saw like Dave Gerhardt post on LinkedIn, you should call your podcast, the, the SaaS marketing podcast, because it works for search. But what's your opinion on that? Like completely differentiate, be search optimized or how do I stand out? Yeah, gosh, (laughs) that's, yeah, again, no, I mean, and I have lots of opinions and this is, I mean, we could have literally the entire conversation about this. There's no silver bullet. There is no, okay, I tell you what, you put a number in your title and make sure it's four words long and include, you know, include the name of an animal and you're done. Like, it's just, there's, there is no, there is no one size fits all because even if there was, it would be, it would no longer work because everybody would do it. But the, to me, the best way to cut through the noise is to best ways. One, again, goes back to who it's for and why you're doing it. So if, if you aim to serve your niche, 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 however you want to say the word, audience as best as possible, be, be the one to serve them better than anyone else. And that's where identifying that, that, that audience as narrowly as possible is great because is anyone serving marketers? Yes. Is anyone serving this kind of marketer at this stage in their career in this specific industry looking for this kind of information? Maybe not. And so, yeah, does that, does that limit the number of people you're going to reach? Yeah. But you will be, you have the opportunity to be the show that they love and that they recommend to all their peers. So again, be really, really narrow and really defined by your audience, which is, you know, you have to be careful to make sure that it's, it's the right one. And that when you find those people that it's going to be lucrative for your business and your brand. So define your audience. And then two, just see, you know, set out to serve them better than anybody else. So who are, who are the 
the big names or the little names that that audience wants to know about. Yeah, anyone can listen to an interview with a big name person in that space. So if you get that big name person, how are you going to ask them different questions? How are you going to make that interview different so that, yeah, they've already, they've all heard that interview with, you know, so-and-so, but they've never heard this story. And then the the flip side of that is who else could you interview that, that maybe no one's heard of, but has a really, really interesting, really, really relevant story to tell, right? So again, serve that audience better than anybody else in a way that nobody else has, at least set out to. And then three, is don't just, and this is where casted really comes into play, is do not settle for simply having a conversation and publishing it as a podcast. That's that's sad enough. Like the whole point is not to just do a podcast specifically for B2B marketers and for, for marketers that are doing this on behalf of a brand. It's It should be one part of a multifaceted content strategy. It should be, yes, you have the podcast. How can you bring out a couple of blog posts from it? How can you pull several pieces of, of, of clips that you can use on social media? How can you include it into your email newsletter or your email campaigns? How can you equip your sales team with it? So from one conversation should, yes, come a show, should come an episode, but should come you know, myriad other pieces of content as well. And that, to answer your question, that reaches people in many other ways. It reaches people in ways that you already are and it sends them to your podcast and to your other network of different types of content. So um, make sure you're serving the people, the right people in a way that nobody else is and make sure you're reaching them across many, many different ways from every conversation you're having. Definitely, that's a great answer. Yeah, I mean, that's actually the next thing I wanted to talk about is how do I get the most out of each episode of a podcast. I think you sort of touched on it there, like it's about your distribution and repurposing it, but what are the things that you would advocate to do? Sure, so kind of I'll walk through the steps that one could take to do that. So, you know, first step, have a conversation, right? So what you and I are doing right now, have a conversation, turn it into a show, that's step one. Step two, publish it. So yes, that is sending out to the Apples, the Spotify's, the Google of the world, but also publish it on your own site. I know a lot of a lot of brands, a lot of hosts are doing that now, but not everyone. Own your audience. When you have the opportunity to say, yep, I have a podcast, you can find it here, and you have to provide that link, send, use that link to send people to your own site. Have the, have the podcast live on your site. And then once people find it and discover it and listen to it, then of course they have the opportunity to listen to it on Apple or Spotify or or wherever else they want to listen to shows, but at least own that first experience, that first experience that they have with the brand in your own house, in your own real estate, if you will. So that's, that's publish, Um, publish it on all the big players, but also make sure that you're publishing it on your own site. So you can own that experience and and really own that audience. And then, then what else are you going to do with it from there? So make sure that every one of your shows has a transcript that you can use to to start to bring out that content. So once it's a transcript, then you obviously have a written version of it. How can you pull parts of that to create supplemental content, to dive deeper into something that that guest talked about and turn that into a, a blog post and then another blog post and then a tip sheet and then a white paper and then an infographic, right? You have Once you have the written version of this conversation, equip your content person or yourself, if that's you, to dig deeper into that conversation through different forms of written content to be used on social media or or in other ways that people could consume little snippets of that conversation. So how can you pull clips and share them? How can you create audiograms to use on social media? There's lots of other options for for doing that piece of the puzzle as well. And then how can you equip your sales team with those clips? So let's say you and I had a great sales conversation and I wanted to follow up afterwards and be like, hey, Ben, you know, here's here's one of our customers talking about that thing that we talked about in the meeting and the 
results that they achieved and you just send them that clip. So how can you equip your sales team, especially when we're talking about B2B marketers, you're constantly trying to equip your sales team with fuel to, to develop those relationships, right? So Casta does that. So it's just, it's ongoing. You look at all of the different forms of content that you're already creating, your blog, your emails, your nurture streams, your social media, on and on and on, and just continue to go back and ask yourself, how can I use this, this conversation, this podcast content in all of those different formats? How can I embed pieces of it? How can I use these clips to make that experience and that content richer, right? So content does, Casta does all of that. And then, then you have to measure it. You have to understand how it's all working for, for your brand and for your business. So again, going beyond number of downloads, how can I understand how all these different pieces of content that I'm creating based on this conversation are working for the brand? And so uh, again, once, you've, once you own that experience and you're sending people to your own website, you can start to see the different touch points and the different behaviors as they're consuming those different types of content. Perfect. Cool. <laughs> so those are the sort of five ways of getting the most out of a podcast. Oh man. Yeah. Just to get started. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's some things that we've been publishing too. Maybe I can share them here for you to share is just the, the multiple different ways that you can ring out a, a podcast, right? I mean, it's, it's starting with a conversation and then you think about all the different forms of written content, right? And you and I could just sit here and like bounce back and forth on like blog posts and articles and, you know, infographics and white papers and printables, like those can all be spun out of a conversation. When you're talking with a subject matter expert, you can literally just pull, just continue to pull at that thread to create more and more and more. Would you suggest having some things that you know you want to create afterwards in advance so you can kind of ask around those topics? I think it's, you don't want to over formulate it. You don't want to make it too much of an equation, right? I mean, none of us do. We want to say, okay, let's, you want it to be an art, but at the same time, especially those of us that work on behalf of a brand and things are moving so quickly in marketing and in content marketing, it's, it's got to be an engine in some way, shape or form, right? You need to know what to expect. You need to, to be putting up numbers and saying, okay, this is what we're going to do. And so we're going to get out of it. So yeah, I would suggest depending on what works, works for you and for your brand and, and for the team that you have, for example, you could publish a podcast and then say, okay, we're going to get, and I'm making this up as I go, but like, <laughs> let's say it works for your team to say for every podcast, we're going to publish the podcast. We're going to publish the transcript. We're going to publish three blog posts. We're going to make four audiograms. We're going to pull two clips for sales, like, you know, and do it this, this way. And then, you know, every single time what you're going to pull out of it. And then if something more comes out of it, great. That's really cool. I like that a lot because it does make your podcast sort of the source of the fuel of all your content. I think one other bit of advice I'd heard was to ask the same questions to every guest, you know, at the end of the episode, the same five questions, and at the end, create a sort of white paper or the results of a survey. Yeah, I think that James Carberry at Sweetfish, I don't know if you know of him, but he, he talks about that, about asking the same questions at the end of every single interview, because over time, that's data, right? So you're kind of surveying your audience as you go and, and can turn that into other content. You know, at the end of the year, if you had, you know, a weekly podcast, you have probably 48 or 50 interviewees, subjects, if you will, that you can talk to and, and, and say, okay, these were the 50 responses that we got to each of these five questions and turn that into an ebook or a report or a white paper, right? So it's it's not just the short term for every single episode. It's a compilation of, of responses over time too, for sure. Yeah, 100%. What We also mentioned measurement previously, like towards the beginning of the interview. You know, I, I think a lot of podcasting is about creating brand awareness. Yeah, that is hard to measure to some extent. But how can we sort of professionalize the measurement? What should we be measuring? Yeah, I mean, I think, gosh, you need you need to be looking at engagement. 
right? And the, the deepest reason that you need to be looking at engagement is to continue to understand, again, who it's for, why you're doing it. Are you achieving that? Are you reaching the who that you're, that you're aiming to serve? And are, is the why that you're doing it happening, right? That really is the, the reason to measure is, is this working? If I continue to put more fuel on this fire, is it, is, am I headed in the right direction? Will it grow? And if it does grow, is that going to help the business? Like that, that, when it all boils down to it, so many of us feel like we have to measure, unfortunately, because my boss or my CEO or my so and my whoever it is wants to see X number grow. Well, mm-hmm. why? You know, not all of us have the luxury of being able to say, you know, is this show working? And to really get deep and say, is this show working? Is it is it serving the brand? And what does serving the brand look like? Quite often we're stuck with, you know, my boss wants to see X number. And so quite often as marketers, we have to do both. We have to say, okay, my boss wants to see this number to serve that, but all the while knowing, you know, where that number comes from and what that number really means. And so I would say do the best that you possibly can. We're all in very different situations with different teams and different levels of support for the marketing function in general, but look at engagement and say, okay, I know that we want to see X number grow. In order for X number to grow, we need to have our audience, which is this, it's very well defined. It's this audience to have them engaged. And here's how that's happening. This is what we're measuring. We're, we're seeing new listenership in the show grow. We're seeing repeat listeners coming back. When they're here, they're listening to the whole show. While they're listening to the whole show, they're actually interacting with more and more of our other related content that we've spun out of every episode, more and more. We're seeing, because we have integration with our CRM, that those who listen tend to be in our buying cycles. And those who are in our buying cycles who are listening to the show, their, their, their sales process seems to be shorter. You know, like how can you start to connect the dots and tell the bigger story of this show is serving this audience because it's serving this audience. They're behaving in this way because they're behaving in this way that's impacting the bottom line of the business. And that takes time. That's what we're aiming to do for our customers with Casted is to, to help the brand marketer understand and communicate the impact they're having on the business. I think even like, well, with what I'm using now, anyway, it's very hard to even know what, if you have repeat listeners, listeners, but are they the same ones? Exactly. Yeah. Do you, do you show that at the moment? We do. Yep. Yep. So we look at uh, listenership, new listeners, repeat listeners, and then like how they're listening and where they're listening and where they're coming from. And, And we're growing it all the time. As, as someone who has been a marketing leader, right? I've been, I've been at all levels in the marketing function and the marketing department on the agency side and on the company side. I know what it's like to, to be under pressure to produce more, 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 more. And it's a zero sum game. I mean, there is no enough content, right? So the way to win, if we're talking about winning and getting ahead and cutting through the noise to make that process as efficient and effective as possible. And efficiency does not come with treating the blog completely separate from the email marketing campaign completely separate from social media, completely separate from the podcast. Efficiency comes from saying, okay, what's our one source and how are we going to spin everything out from there? That's efficiency because then everyone is, you know, dipping from the same well and spinning it all out. And it, so that's efficient for, for your team, but then 
it's effective because that's relevant to your audience. Again, who is it for? If I'm an audience member and I am engaged in what you're talking about and what you're doing, of course I'm going to want more. And so I'm going to listen to this podcast and then I'm going to want to hear, you know, Lindsay's, you know, a summary of something that we talked about a little bit earlier. That's five ways to do X, Y, and Z or an infographic about the different ways to spin out content from a podcast. And I'm going to want to, if I, if I go onto social media and I hear a clip of this, I'm going to want to listen to more. So it's all, it's a web, right? And if you get someone interested in listening to part of it, they're going to want to, to consume more and go deeper. And that's where you can start to indicate or identify those who are most engaged with what you're saying, not just on your podcast, but as a whole, as part of your content strategy on behalf of your brand. And that, that tees up real qualified opportunities for sales because that person is is hooked is, is really interested in what you've got to say definitely it's kind of absolutely a no-brainer to start a b2b podcast at this point final question i have really is is there anything else that i should be asking you about making a great podcast i think i, I get asked a lot you know who who should have a podcast and really does every brand need a podcast and you know to that i say yes of course you need a podcast <laughs> and that's it's obviously in part because I'm biased, but the biggest reason that I feel like brands need podcasts is because we're all looking to connect with our audiences, right? Businesses are looking to connect with their audiences because they want to sell things. I mean, that's that's why businesses exist. And the the companies that create the strongest connection with their audiences and with their buyers are the ones that win. They win the initial business, they win the repeat business, they win loyalty over time. The way to create connection is to to create it on a human level, right? Is to speak um, not brand to buyer, but human to human. And what are you and I doing right now? We're having a human to human conversation, right? And so everyone who's listening, I would think feels more connected to us and therefore the brands that we represent and will likely want to learn more. And so podcasts create that connection unlike any other content can. You know, even video, it requires you to sit in front of a screen and to be interact, you know, consuming the content in a different way. Whereas a podcast, you know, it becomes a part of your life while you're you know, multitasking and doing something else. And, and so, yeah, brands, brands need to be podcasting. They need to be interacting with their customers this way. And then they need to be using this as a, as a springboard to ring out all of the content like we talked about and to, to rethink the way that they're engaging their, their communities. Definitely. I think, I think just how Having something that's put a face and a voice to your company as well as just having like builds credibility, makes people trust who you are. They can mm -hmm. literally listen. They can literally listen to. Absolutely. I mean, trust, trust is the basis of all relationships, right? And absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Definitely. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Lindsay. It's been an absolute pleasure interviewing you. Been a great guest. Hey, thanks for letting me, letting me, thanks for letting me come <laughs> on your podcast and talk about podcasting.